I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 5050 Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Michael. Boys, back-to-back episodes. I am flying solo once again. Um, unfortunately, Mason can't make it today for this episode. Um, just being tied up with some things this week, but we hope to have the other half of this podcast back by next Tuesday. But for now, we got to keep the show going. Um, we're going to keep rolling. Time has come now for the week two preview for fantasy and for real football. Um, this week for Thursday night. NFL has provided us with another fantastic game. We have the Chiefs going to Arrowhead to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, This is a game that's close to my heart, but also, oh my goodness, it's a great fantasy. We got Herbert against Mahomes. We got Eckler. We have um, Mike Williams. We have all the Chiefs guys. We have Kelsey. All these guys are playing each other, and it is going to be a fun game to watch. Um, In my opinion... Personally, I still think the Chiefs will be winning this game, but if the Chargers do win as well, I would not be shocked. As far as fantasy goes, both these teams actually have sneaky defenses, so expect actually a lot of turnovers and a lot of turnover on downs. Um, I wouldn't expect a low-scoring game, but don't expect maybe a 40-point shootout. Expect probably something in the 30s, but a lot of yards going each way. I just kind of think both these defenses are more underrated than what people think. But when you have two lead quarterbacks and two lead offenses, um, there will be a fun game to watch no matter what, and I'm looking forward to turning on. Um, but for my fantasy hot take for this game, um, Keenan Allen is officially out, and Josh Palmer has moved up the ranks to wide receiver two. So my hot take is Josh Palmer catches a touchdown and gets 80-plus yards in the air tonight. So want to move away from that game because is isn't too much really to talk about. Um, the Chiefs kind of took care of business. Chargers did too with the Raiders. But 
I think the Chiefs looked way better than the Chargers did. So for that reason, I have the Chiefs over Chargers tonight. And it's going to be a fun one no matter what. But let's go in the order of online, what the online schedule has. So the next game is the Carolina Panthers at the New York Giants. Um, We're looking at the Panthers as a team that just kind of got beat down by the Browns. Closer game, but really, once again, it was a game that wasn't that close, it seemed. But it kind of just the Panthers kept chipping back, chipping back. Um, And then Cade York hit a clutch field goal, the rookie kicker, for the win. For fantasy-wise, Panthers looked pretty bad against the run. Uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb torched them for about three total touchdowns uh, between the two of them. So that means Saquon Barkley is an instant lock if he wasn't already. Um, We're looking at a game where he has potential to probably get 20-plus carries. Um, and we saw him get six receptions on Sunday. I would not expect him having 25 total touches this week. They're going to run their offense to their best players, and he is their best player. Um, I'm excited to watch Giants football again. Dable really throws some interesting schemes out there. Um, that two-point attempt was a really um, Kansas City-esque play. Uh, it reminds me of that Travis Kelsey flip-in kind of uh, lob play to him. So it's a lot of fun to watch these guys play now. Um, Watching Barkley fully healthy really brings us back to when he was playing at Penn State, when he was that top three total NFL prospect that he was there. So I'm just excited to watch these guys play. Um, And on the Giants, besides that, though, there isn't many guys that start really feeling comfortably. I think I want to see Sterling Shepard's role one more week before maybe considering him in deeper leagues. Uh, If you have a two-flex league, he might be kind of a guy that you look at. Um, but for now, I can't feel comfortable starting him. Uh, he had that big play last week. Besides that, nothing really. And Tony, until they use him more in the offense, I don't see it. And Richie James had one good week, but again, I just don't see that repeating. On the Panther side, um, expect a bounce back week from DJ Moore. Um, I think the Giants secondary is okay, but I deal still think that DJ Moore will have a big bounce back week this week. Uh, And so will Christian McCaffrey. This game to me actually might be a sneaky offensive game. Um, I would not be shocked to coming back on Tuesday that this game was about 30 piece each and that both offenses were kind of clicking. I think there's going to be a lot of change of downs in this game and a lot of points scored. So do not be surprised if McCaffrey has a few touchdowns. Barkley has a few and that this score kind of goes into the 30s. As far as Baker Mayfield goes, he looked okay, uh, but Daniel Jones looked way better. Um, Daniel Jones looked like the QB they drafted him as. Uh, 17 for 21 last week, uh, only about 180 yards throwing. But again, when you have Barkley giving you 160 on the ground, you don't really need to throw more than that. Two touchdowns, one reception, a 116 QB rating. Can't really ask for more. He led that second half. He looked like a different player. Uh, I know Barkley had a few of those big plays against the red zone, but once they were there, he was the commanding of the offense. He had that huge fourth and one run. Um, So I'm really excited to watch this game. I do have the Giants winning once again to go 2-0, which sounds crazy that the Giants will be 2-0 to start the season. But that being said, they look like a totally different team. Uh, Dable really has all those guys going. But my hot take is Christian McCaffrey gets 150 yards scrimmage and two touchdowns. 
So the next game by order is the Steelers and Patriots. And this one will be a skip for me. Um, there's no way I'll be watching this game. Uh, I don't even know if it'll be a ground pound game because it's probably just going to be turnover on turnover on turnover downs uh, for the whole 60 minutes of this game. Um, we saw the Steelers get away with one last week. Don't really know how they won that game. Well, we do know how they won that game. Uh, their defense was great. But as we heard this morning, uh, TJ Watt officially is placed on the injured reserve, um, meaning he'll be a minimum out for four games. Um, but supposedly it could be close to six to eight weeks for him to coming back. And it really is just another sad injury for this guy. Uh, we saw how dominant he was. And it really just makes you think how great his career could have been. Well, he still has a great career left, but it seems that he keeps missing these games um, that really could transcend him to that Hall of Fame career. And I just don't know if he can anymore because he keeps missing all these games. Um, he almost broke Strahan's record last year with four less games played. I mean, the guy's a beast, man. And it sucks not seeing him playing, but Fitzpatrick's still playing. Um, he was a big guy last week for um, playmaking at the pick six. But truthfully, for fantasy this week, I don't see much guys being key role players here. Najee Harris looked absolutely awful. Um, even before he got hurt, he could not get anything going. He just does not look fast at all. He looks a lot slower. Um, and as far as receiving goes, start Deontay Johnson. Um, he's a guy you can start every week and feel comfortable with at least 10 points. He's a very safe floor. And on the New England side, if you're in a pickle, maybe go Stevenson or Harris. But at this point, it's kind of just this team does not look as great as last year. And we said this was going to happen. This offense is kind of in maybe a turning the clock period where they don't really have an established system with Mac Jones yet. They don't really have those players. And I think that they need another year to really cycle through, but we don't need to waste any more time on that matchup because for fantasy, it is pretty ugly. And for hot takes, I'm not even going to go with an, a player stat. I'm going to say that this game in total has less than 20 points scored. Less than 20 points scored between both teams. So that is my hot take. And we can just wrap it up. And the next game we got, Bucks at Saints. And it doesn't sound that exciting, but Bucks and Saints matchups and Brady matchups against the Saints are always fun to watch. Um, Jameis Winston was questionable to play, um, but he was limited today. It was back discomfort, so I don't think it's anything major. Uh, so he should be fine by Sunday, no matter what. But we're looking at two teams, a lot of high-powered offensive players. On the Bucks side, you're going to start Mike Evans if he plays. You're going to start Julio now. Um, however, they are all questionable. Um, Julio does have that knee designation. He wasn't even active today. And Mike Evans is dealing with a calf injury. Doesn't practice today either. So I don't really know who's playing. And Godwin, um, only dealing with an ACL tear, also hurt his hamstring. So that's the only side of concern is that these guys aren't even practicing yet. But uh, note tomorrow, um, if they do have a limited session tomorrow, they'll probably be fine for Sunday. I don't think Mike Evans' injury is anything serious, but Godwin's probably out for the next two, three weeks, I think, which 
if, if your fantasy owners don't get mad about, it gives him another th- two, three weeks to kind of heal his knee more. Um, I was on the opinion before the year that they should have sat him for the first two weeks and then kept going, but uh, they thought that he was ready to go, and he comes back and hurts Tammy. So there you go. It's kind of a screw-up situation. But for the Bucks side, you start Leonard Fournette. You start Brady. Um, maybe don't start Brady if these guys don't play, but I do think they will. Um, Julio Jones is a waiver wire ad if you're in a smaller league, especially now with Godwin being injured. Expect him to get about eight to nine targets this game and some work on the run. Uh, they did some jet zone passes and runs to him. So expect some of those. But as far as that goes, you start the main guys. And on the Saints side, um, we saw that Camaro was dealing with a rib injury, and that's why he wasn't really that him normal self. And I think that this week he should be a little bit better. Um, but then again, um, he was limited to start the week, and he wasn't practicing today either. Uh, he spectated this practice this week, so um, or today at least. So that's not a great sign. But you can't not start Alvin Kamara, just like you can't not start Mike Evans. Um, they're guys that are just kind of irreplaceable and irrestartable, if that's even a word. I just made it up. But for those two guys, you got to keep them going because they are your elite fantasy players. And for my hot take this week, you know what? I'm just going to say it. Saints over Bucks, book it. So back-to-back non-player hot takes. I'm just going to go with team hot takes. I have the Saints beating the Bucks this game in New Orleans. So the next matchup, is the Jets and Browns, and this is an also another 1 o'clock doozy. Um, I will not be watching this game either. It's been confirmed that Joe Flacco is starting again, so this does mean stuff for fantasy. Um, if you have Michael Carter on your bench or on the waiver wire, especially in a PPR league, start him this week because this might be the last week that you can really can confidently. Uh, Joe Flacco loves hitting with checkdowns. And last week, he did about 16 fantasy points in PPR, uh, mainly just from receiving work. He also looks pretty good on the ground. And they really just didn't go to Brees Hall. And when they did, fumbled it and had about a, under four yard per carry average. So he wasn't looking that good. Um, but on the contrary, the Browns, you start both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, I would say. My reason behind that is I think they'll be up early and they might just go to Chubb towards the end of the game. And as we, sorry, uh, go to Hunt towards the end of the game. And we know with Kareem Hunt's play style and skill level that he can break off those big runs. So my reasoning on the Browns, you do start both running backs. And it is official. You do not start any of the wide receivers. Um, I can't put trust in Amari Cooper. And like Mason tried to warn you people, uh, David Njoku is not that guy. Um, We knew that he was not that guy. But if if he still went for him, this year, I feel bad for you because you started off the week with a big, fat one catch for seven yards. But then again, he did play better than Cole Komet, who I started. But Cole Komet was playing the monsoon, so there's that. So for the Browns, Jets, uh, no hot take here, but I will say this. I'm going to say both running backs of the Browns, Chubb and Hunt combined, go for 250 scrimmage yards and three touchdowns. So combined... The three, the two of them, 250 and three touchdowns together. That is my hot take. Uh, next matchup. Another sort of boring game, but you kind of like can do it more. 
Uh, Dolphins at the Ravens. Um, I actually might tune into this game for a bit because of the offensive players involved. You got Lamar, you got Mark Andrews, you have Waddle, you have Hill. Uh, I'm not going to say Tua, but you have uh, Chase Edmonds too. So there are a lot of relevant fantasy players in this matchup. And both teams are 1-0, but again, Dolphins beat up on the Mickey Mouse Patriots, so I can't really say that they are a true 1-0 team, and the Ravens are also a Mickey Mouse because they beat the Jets, and they didn't even really beat them that badly. So this is going to be interesting to see, um, to watch this game. For fantasy, uh, it will be a high-powered offensive game because of the quarterbacks at play. I'm not saying two is a great quarterback by any means, but when you have Tyreek Hill, when you have Jalen Waddle, when you have Chase Edmonds, when you have all of these guys in your team, you will be putting up fantasy points. And that being said, I think you can comfortably start all three of those guys. You can start Chase, you can start Waddle, you can start Hill. And on the Ravens side, you can start Bateman, you can start Lamar, obviously, and Mark Andrews without a doubt. So those are six players that you might start. Um, my hot take for this matchup, Let me think here. This is when I need Mason. Dolphins will beat the Ravens. That's my hot take. I gotta, I gotta get spicy here. I gotta make up for uh, missing a, a co-host here. But again, these are kind of boring matchups. Not really boring per se, because the next one's more boring. But for fantasy wise, you start your guys. I wouldn't start um, anyone really deep on that roster. Uh, so you start those six guys and you kind of just roll with it. Um, unfortunately, Waddle really was not that guy last week. I understand he kind of had a, a clutch 50 yard touchdown at the end of the game, but that is not repeatable as I'm saying that those plays really don't show his true workload and his true fancy ability. Cause I understand that he did get that touchdown, but up until that he was not efficient. So guys like A.J. Brown, who didn't get a touchdown last week, but had 150 yards, that's a sign of good going forward. Um, Devontae Adams had 150 yards and a touchdown. That's good going forward. But if a guy has a 60-yard game with one touchdown, but he had two catches before that, and his last touchdown was a 50-yard throw, that is a sign of concern for me because that means that it was a fluke play towards the end of the game. Not a fluke play, but it was a garbage time play. So next matchup we got here is the Commanders at the Lions. So this is also a sneaky little game because both teams showed pretty good offensive showouts last week. Uh, Commanders actually won their game against the Jaguars. Uh, Carson Wentz looked surprisingly okay at football for the first time since the Eagles. Uh, 27 for 41, 300 yards, four touchdowns. Two interceptions, but one one wasn't really his fault. With a QBR of 101. But that being said, um, they did not look that bad overall, the commanders. And I think a lot of people slept on this team. And they still don't have Chase Young back. Um, he is still not playing. And this week going in, uh, to start these guys for fantasy, like... You start Terry McLaurin for sure now because he looked pretty okay. And Jahan Dotson is looking like everything they drafted him to be. Um, two touchdowns, not huge yardage, but 
you looked at those two routes he ran the red zone, and you're like, oh my goodness, that, if this guy had a more accurate quarterback, he would be insane. And I still think Dotson will be insane. And I really think teams got fancy this year and overlooked him because he doesn't have any of those blazing metrics that teams look for anymore. But he's just a guy that gets open. And he's a guy that has great route running, great catch and crap traffic ability. And I really can see him having a high ceiling when teams didn't think so. And I think they kind of just overlooked it because he doesn't really have that insane athletic profile. But you don't really need that all the time with receivers because if they constantly get open, then that's all that matters. And Dotson seems to be always open. So that being said, um, if you're in a deeper league, stash Dotson. Uh, but also, you could even maybe start him this week. Uh, it sounds crazy to say, but if you're in a deep PPR league, I would start Jahan Dotson because of the fact that they're playing the Lions. I think that last week, um, A.J. Brown's fantasy performance really got shut down by the fact the Eagles didn't let Jalen Hurts throw in the red zone once. Uh, four rushing touchdowns. So that was a little bit concerning. But they were always getting to the red zone. And I think that's their secondary kind of got saved that way because the Eagles just got to the one-yard line and ran the ball in. So there was no receiving touchdowns, but I don't think this Lions defense is as good as people keep saying. And I think that it will give um, the commanders a lot of room offensively, especially in the air, to then make plays. And I think that you can start Dotson, too, going forward. And you can start McLaurin as well. And as long as that, sorry, as well as that, um, Antonio Gibson looks like a start every week now. Um, you looked at his stats last week, um, had seven receptions, 72 yards, and 14 rushes for 58 yards. I mean, this is the guy we saw last year be an RB12, even with a broken shin. And all of a sudden, this Brian Robinson hype comes out of camp. I, I never understood why the commanders did that because he is not a bad football player. And it wasn't like he had seven catches for 20 yards. He had seven catches for 70 yards. So every catch he had made it for 10 yards. That is a first down on seven plays on average. And that is matters on a football field because he can't constantly and consistently makes plays. So I don't understand why they, they underrated his ability if this was calculated or planned. But it screwed a lot of people over fantasy because this is a guy that was an RB12. And... I just don't understand why they were doing that to him because he is a talented football player. He truly is. And I, I really think he deserved better because he was treated pretty harshly in the Washington media and especially in the fantasy football media. Um, but I think we all knew that he was a good football player and that showed last week that he was. So that being said, I would start Antonio Gibson. If he was my RB two, I would not be mad about it at all. So my got to move on here from the line side. Uh, DeAndre Swift, don't even need to talk about this guy. Um, this is everything we knew he what he was. Uh, he's dealing with an ankle injury, but supposedly he said that it was just he rolled it funny. Nothing major, just they're resting him out through this week. Um, everybody needs to make sure they look at the Friday tra uh, train camp news and the Friday injury report. That gives you a good sense of what happens over the weekend. If they don't practice Friday, that's not a good sign. But even if they're limited on Friday, they most likely will play on Sunday. For Swift, though, I think he will play uh, just because the confidence he has in himself to get back to form. If so, he is a must-start. Amon Ra is a must-start. Um, and TJ Hawkinson is a must-start this week. So that being said, my hot take for this game 
is these teams combined for 60 points total. So I think it'll be a sneaky offensive game. Good game, good game to watch for fantasy if you're kind of waiting for the other games to get going. But let's move on to the last one o'clock game this week, which is the Indianapolis Colts at the Jacksonville Jaguars. So both teams did not win last week. The Colts tied the Texans and the Jaguars lost the Commanders, the team we just talked about. But I do think the Colts will win this game and it won't really be close. But that being said, I think the Jaguars will give them a run for their money. Um, Trevor Lawrence didn't look accurate at all. And it's not good to see for fantasy wise because you look at guys like Christian Kirk, you look at guys like Etienne Robinson. There are fantasy relevant players on that Jacksonville team and they're relying on him to make his throws. And I don't know if that was because maybe the Washington pass rush got to him or what was going on there, but I do expect a bounce back game from him. And he wasn't truthfully that bad. He was just inaccurate. He missed a lot of easy throws, but he was not a winning quarterback. That was not a, a, a winning performance by him last week. Uh, that being said, for players on the Jaguars to start, um, Christian Kirk is now a must-start every week, people. Um, he had 12 targets last week, called in six of them, so that just shows the accuracy. 120-ish yards, I believe. Uh, I don't have his exact stat number here, but I can pull it up right here, but I'm pretty sure it was around that. Um let me just see here. Christian Kirk, yeah, six catches for 117 yards. Uh, Zay Jones was pretty good too, but I don't think I'd start him. Uh, my only thing is that Christian Kirk's not up in the slot, so I just think that he'll get way more usage. And the simple fact they're paying him a boatload of money to be there, so they will use him more in the scheme. So going forward, you start Kirk every week, no matter what format you're in. Uh, maybe if it's in a less, less deep league, if you're maybe in a 10-man league with maybe only one flex position you don't. Um, I know for me, he's at his, my second slot, uh, my second flex slot in our main league. So, but he had six for 117, no touchdown. It's about 15 points, half PPR. So I think you have to start him because of that simple fact. But moving on to the running back room, I don't know what to do with these two guys because if I'm being truthful with you guys, James Robinson looked better than ETN. And I hate to say it, but he did. And this is a guy that came off an Achilles tear, and he still looks better than this guy. And we hyped ETN up a lot. And I always loved Robinson. I thought that he was a fantastic player. And I was one of the people that had no idea why they drafted ETN when they had James Robinson. You are paying this guy a UDFA contract, and you, you pick up. Second round, a uh, first round, sorry, uh, draft capital on a running back when you don't really need him. Uh, they could have taken an O-lineman. They could have taken a guy to address their D-line secondary, but they took a guy they don't really need or even a wide receiver. They could have paired with Kirk now, but we cannot speak for the infamous Urban Meyer, what his reasoning was there. But he's on the team now. I do think they work well together, but... I think you can confidently start both of them, which sounds crazy to say because it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. But on that team, I would only start Christian Kirk, Robinson, and Etienne. That's it. Moving to the Colts side, this is an easy team to talk about. You start Taylor, you start Pittman. That's about it. Um, expect a big game from uh, Taylor. I think they'll want to burn the clock 
Uh, Kurt, Jonathan Taylor has a, a fantastic schedule uh, to look at for fantasy football because he goes against awful rundies every week, it seems like. Um, last week, Houston. This week, Jacksonville. I mean, you couldn't really be complaining about that for fantasy managers. Um, expect another 20-plus point game. Uh, I expect him to easily surpass the century mark with a touchdown or two. Um, but my hot take for this week is that Christian Kirk puts up another 100-yard game with a touchdown this week. So we can move, a move along to our 4 o'clock games now. Oh, we got seven more matches to go through, so I got to speed it up here. This next one, don't need to talk about it. Uh, two 0-1 teams, the Falcons at the Rams. Uh, I think the Rams will be getting going 1-1 one one this week. Um, going into it, they kind of wanted, they had a long, a long break, uh, about 10 days off. But that being said, they still need to show up this game, and they did not show up against the Bills. And I think that they really realized that they need to show up now. Um, no major injuries going through this week as far as offensive players. Uh, Van Jefferson's questionable, but he's been questionable. Uh, so we don't really know if he's playing this week. He has not practiced at all. So don't expect him to come back quite yet. I think he'll be back week three or four. But for the Rams, uh, truthfully, I can't start Akers until I see more of him. Uh, Henderson, I guess you could start if you need if you're in a pinch for a running back. Cooper Cup, it's simple. You start him, it'll get you 20 points every single week. And Matt Stafford, I can't start in fantasy anymore until I see a better week from him. On the Falcon side, um, I'm eating my words with Cordero Patterson. He truly has been um, a wonder to watch because of his late career uh, late career success. Um, not even for fantasy alone, but just to see him strive. And it, it really makes you wonder how good he could have been if put in this role six, seven years ago. Um, one of easily the best special teams player ever. Um, it's crazy that he won't go down as the best in Chicago because there's a guy there before him that was just slightly better. Um, wink, wink. But he is a fantastic player. And I just, I don't understand how he's doing it at his age, but he is. so. The dual eligibility of him being a running back receiver, you have to start him until he gets hurt, really. Um, Mariota is going to feed him the ball. They will feed him the ball. And I just think you got to start him. And the only other must start on the Falcons is Kyle Pitts. Um, bad week, want to get it. But we told you last week that don't expect too much from him because the Saints have a sneaky good defense, especially against tight ends. So we told you to expect it. But my hot take, Kyle Pitts is a bounce-back game. Goes for 150 and a touchdown. That is my hot take for this week. Uh, this next game we can talk about pretty quickly because it's a boring one. Um, if you told me that the Seahawks would be the only 1-0 team going into week two of the NFL season, I would probably slap you across the face. But here we are, and they are 1-0, and the other NFC West teams are not. But I think that changes – um, I think Trey Lance comes back this week, improves on his bad game, but I can't blame him because like I said, with Cole Komet, it was a actual monsoon in Chicago and no quarterback would have been successful. Somehow Justin Fields made eight completions and beat him, but we don't have to talk about that. It was a defensive game. And I think Trey Lance comes back and does win this game. Um, goes one and one on the season as the official starter not as a step in for Jimmy G. 
Uh, but for the C, uh, for the 49ers, I think that you can start Debo. For fantasy, I think you have to start Trey Lance too. I just think that his rushing ability makes him starting every week. You make you want to make him start him, if that makes sense. And as far as George Kittle goes, it seems like he's still not practicing. Uh, so I think they really downplayed his injury going into this year, uh, which I don't understand how because he did not do anything all offseason. He didn't go to OTAs, but he's hurt again. His groin. Um, and again, this is another guy like TJ Watt that really makes you think that what he could have done with his career if he stayed healthy consistently. But besides that, you can start Debo. Elijah Mitchell is out, so you're looking at Jeff Wilson. I think off usage alone, you can start him. I think he'll get probably 20 touches this week. And as far as Ayuk goes, I got to see him play in an actual football game before I can start him. But Debo, Lance, start. Wilson, start if you're in a pinch. Ayuk, wait. On the other side of the field, the Seahawks. I mean, I don't know if there's really an offensive player to start here. Um, Geno Smith had a fantastic game, though. And nothing special what he did, but he just looked really sturdy. Um, but I think you start Penny still because he is that main guy there. It was a bad game script against Denver. Don't worry, he'll get way more than 20 carries this game. And he will get more work in the receiving game. So start Penny, but besides that, maybe start Metcalf. But it's just sad to see him in that position where he can't really make plays anymore without Russell Wilson. Uh, so my hot take on this game is that Devo Samuel, actually, no, scratch that. Trey Lance comes back and scores four total touchdowns this week against the Seattle, C- uh, Seattle Seahawks. The next game is a kind of boring one too. Uh, Texans at Broncos. Um, I have a spicy hot take for this one though, boys. Um, but before we can get to that, let's talk fantasy. Um, on the Texans side, you start Brandon Cooks, obviously, every week you do. They already said Damian Pierce will get a more workload, heavy workload this week. So you're going to start him too. Um, but besides that, on the Texans, if you're in a double QB league, Davis Mills was a steady guy to take. Um, you could have gotten him at your QB three, which is absolutely crazy because he is way better than that. It is a guy like Jameis Winston that came into this year being way too underrated offensively. And I think that he has a good enough roster weapons now to make him fantasy consistent. And I'm really looking forward to see how Houston develops him and this team, because this team actually has potential to be a dark horse in the AFC in a few years. It sounds crazy to say, but all the picks they have at disposal, they have a QB that they like, they know, and they have a few weapons and their defense is shaping up to be very good. They have a decent O-line. So I'm really excited to see how they do. Um, the next few years. I do think, however, though, they will make some trades uh, throughout the year to get some more draft capital uh, for 2023. Uh, it's such, such a good draft class, but I think they're going to let Davis Mills play his game. They're not going to tell him to tank or anything. I think they want him to develop as much as possible because they have all these picks without the next few years. So they've been developing this team, but I'm excited to see, but we're off track again. So for Texans, you start Cooks, you start Pierce, double QB league, start Davis Mills because it will have shoot-up potential with the Broncos. On the Broncos side, you start Russell Wilson if you're in a pinch for a quarterback. You start both receivers in Sutton and Judy, and you start Javante Williams because he had 11 catches last week, people. 11. 
So that just shows that Ross will go to him. They couldn't really get anything going in the red zone. I think that will change. But folks, my hot take this week is the Denver Broncos start 0-2. I have the Houston Texans beating them, upsetting them. Um, It is, I can't really see the Vegas. Oh, it's an eight-point spread. Oh, no, sorry. Ten-point spread. So it's a ten-point spread for Houston to Denver. But I think the Texans can beat them, truthfully. Um, So we'll see. But I'm I'm confident that hot take, and we got to move on here. Um, Next game. Sneaky offensive game here. And I know Carr did not start off good, three interceptions, but I think he will bounce back this week. Uh, I already have my Kyler Murray rant and how he's not good at football, so I won't keep going on about that. Um, Bailed out in the fourth quarter because he's playing against the third-string Chiefs defenders, but I will rest my case for now. But I still think this will be a high-powered offensive game. The Raiders do have a sneaky defense, though, and you saw that against the Chargers. Uh, They were giving Herbert hell. And it really seemed like he was having a problem. So expect maybe not too much of a shootout, but it's two good offenses. As far as the Raiders go, though, I think you can start Jacobs at RB2 now or flex. I think he's worth that spot off usage alone. Uh, Derek Carr, I won't start until I see him be more efficient. But that being said, Waller, Devontae Adams are both must starts, obviously. On the Cardinals side, you have Marquise Brown, you have Kyler Murray. Um, Zach Ertz, those are the three guys I would start. James Conner, you can start because you know he'll just get that one-yard rushing touchdown. But a guy to look out for, and I'm saying this because he looked pretty solid, was Eno Benjamin. Um, James Conner had one healthy season, and that was last year. If you have a league where you have more than five bench slots, see if Eno Benjamin is available. And I'm saying that because he was way better than James Conner. I think he had about four for 30 on the ground for about seven average, um, sorry, averaged about seven yards per carry. Uh, James Conner, 10 for 26 with a touchdown. Shocker there. But he had five catches for 29 yards to James Conner. But truthfully, I looked at, you know, Benjamin, and I saw a player who was more efficient both on the ground and in the receiving game. He had three casts for 33 yards with beats Connor. He doubled Connor in pretty much everything average wise. He looks like the better running back. And if Connor goes down, I see, you know, Benjamin coming as a guy you can start every week because he looks way better at football. So go add him. If you can, if you have room, if you have a guy that maybe can slot in the IR um, or you have a deeper league, see if, you know, Benjamin's available. He's a guy that I drafted in pretty much all my deep leagues because of the fact that he actually looks like the better running back. So take him if you can. But that being said, I think the Raiders do win this game and the Cardinals start at 0 and 2. My hot take is Devonte Adams goes for 150 and 2. The last four o'clock game is the Bengals at Cowboys. And this game would have been a fun one to watch, but Dak Prescott had to break his finger or whatever. So that won't be as fun. Uh, Joe Burrow's looking for a bounce back week, though. This is two quarterbacks that would have been coming off a bad week. But that being said, I think Joe Burrow does come back with a big week. Um, I don't know if he'll have that big of one because for fantasy because they just won't need him out there. But expect him to throw for probably three-ish touchdowns, a few hundred yards. Um, expect Joe Mixon to maybe slow down because the Cowboys' run D looks pretty legit. 
So expect that to happen. But I expect Chase and Higgins to do their thing if Higgins plays. Um, we haven't really heard much about Higgins today. Uh, came out yesterday that he was feeling a lot better. Um, I'm just pulling up my roto here. Um, but they, yeah, they 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 let him sit um, today, so they didn't practice him today. So we're gonna see how he is tomorrow, and then probably go from there. But again, if he's limited on Friday, he'll probably suit up Sunday if he passes concussion protocol. But if he doesn't, then Jamar Chase will have a monster week. Uh, Hayden Hurst is also an interesting start if you need a tight end for a, maybe a streamer because Higgins will be gone, so those targets gotta go somewhere. But we can move on from this team because, truthfully, it's quite an ugly matchup when you look at it because it's just there's no quarterback play with Cooper Rush there. For the Cowboys' perspective, I think you can start Pollard. You can start Zeke, maybe. CeeDee Lamb, you have to start because you spent a high draft capital on him, unfortunately. But that being said, my hot take is if T. Higgins does not play this Sunday, I have Jamar Chase getting 200 receiving yards. That's my hot take, everybody. Um, I won't label touchdowns, but 201 touchdown. I'll say that. 200 yards in the air and one touchdown. So the next game is the 8 o'clock game, Bears at Packers. Expect a big bounce-back game from Aaron Rodgers. Again, this is another surprising uh, turn of events here. Bears are 1-0 and the Packers are 0-1. Um, but again, I think the Packers will win this game with ease, actually. Um, I expect a better game from Cole Komet. I expect a better game overall from both teams, to be honest with you. Uh, for the Packers, you can start both running backs. I think they'll both be involved both in the run and pass game. Uh, A.J. Dillon looks like a bowling ball, like genuinely. Um, he looks really good at football. And I would be concerned for Aaron Jones managers because Dillon looks really good, man. And truthfully, he looks just as good in the receiving game as he does in the rushing game. Um, and as far as receiver goes, you can't start a single soul on the Packers until Alan Lazard comes back. Uh, we haven't really heard much about Alan Lazard this week. I think he's still limited in practice. Um, but we'll have to see when it comes down to it. Uh, but if he does start this week, you could maybe look at him. Uh, but as of right now, I don't think you can start any receiver on this team, but both running backs you can, and Aaron Rodgers will spread the ball, so you can still start him too. Tanyan could be an interesting play at the tight end position. And on the bear side, you're looking at a team that you could probably start Mooney and Cole Komet, I hope, will have a bounce back week. And Montgomery too. But again, like Eno Benjamin, I think there is a better running back on this team that is not David Montgomery, and that is Khalil Herbert. And I say that because you look at the stats, David Montgomery had 17 rushes for two and a half yards or 25 yards. Sorry, <laughs> two and a half yards would be pretty bad uh, at a 1.5 yard average. And I understand that it's a monsoon and that it wasn't a good condition for him. But then you look at how Khalil Herbert did. Uh, he had nine rushes for 45 yards. So I'm looking at a guy that's better than Montgomery on the ground and stash him in the league if you can, because I think that he will not take over. But if Montgomery goes down too, uh, Khalil Herbert will be the bulk guy there, and he is a talented player. So I have the Vikings – sorry, not the Vikings. Wow. Um, 
that's the next team we're gonna be talking about, I guess, or one of the next teams. But the Packers beating the Bears this week, and my hot take is that Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon combined for 200 scrimmage yards and two touchdowns. So, my final stretch here, boys. This is this is tough to go through alone. Um, Titans at Bills. Expect a better game from the Titans offensively. That being said, though, I said it's sad to see, but Derrick Henry does not look like Derrick Henry anymore. I think he's really showing his age now, which is sad because once though for that three, four year span, he was the best in the world. And I know I could be un- just over-exaggerating that week one. I could be, but it was the Giants, and he did get those carries. But it looks like he does not have that split athleticism anymore. He doesn't have that split-second changing speed that he used to have on those cuts and those bursts, and I don't think that he will. But, again, it's Derrick Henry, so you have to start him. And I want to eat my words about him because I want to see him succeed. But playing at the Bills, it's not a good matchup. And I think the Titans will see that. They will go 0-2. The Bills will go 2-0. That being said, though, on the Titans, you start Henry. Um, and I think you can start Kyle Phillips now every week, people. Uh, six for 66, the professor gets open, people. And that was without a touchdown. So if you are in a PPR league, you can start him in a deep flex spot. But I can't start Trillon Burks yet. I understand that he had the same amount of yards as Kyle Phillips did. I understand that. But I'm looking at targets and receptions, and the guy that stands out is Kyle Phillips. So I would start Kyle Phillips surprisingly because I think that, oh, the slot in a game where Tannehill will have to throw the ball to catch up, Phillips will get work. And I would not be surprised if Traylon Burks did too. But on a week-to-week basis, I think Kyle Phillips will be the receiver to start there and expect a mediocre probably game from Henry again. But on the Bills' side, don't even have to talk with these guys this much. Josh Allen, I mean, you just start him. Uh, Diggs, you just start him. The running back room, I wouldn't start any of them personally. I understand people say, oh, start Singletary, start Singletary. But I just don't know what running back they'll call on at that time. And Singletary, I understand, had the most rushes, but his quarterback outrushes him. And Zach Moss still gets a decent amount of touches. But... If you need a guy at the running back position, slot him at RB2 or a flex. That being said, you start Diggs, you start Gabe Davis. Um, Isaiah McKenzie kind of got bailed out by a touchdown. I don't think you can start him. Um, I thought he'd be a lot more elusive and more successful, but it really seems that Allen likes going to his two guys, and that's about it. But that being said, I see an absolute blowout here, and I think Gabe Davis is going to have a monster game. 150 and two touchdowns I'm predicting against the Tennessee Titans to our last game here, boys. we got two on Monday night, which is pretty awesome. And two pretty good games. Actually Uh, Vikings go to the Eagles. They go to Philly and we are going to see a great receiver matchup. AJ Brown and Justin Jefferson. I think this game will be 30 plus points each. I think that if the Lions could score 30 on the Eagles, that the Vikings could score 40 and don't expect if this game gets to that, if weather permits, expect two huge offensive 
performances from both of these teams. Um, I mean, I, I talked about Justin Jefferson enough, but this guy just is unguardable. Nobody the Eagles could send at him will be able to stop him. They will have to double him, but then you're gonna not going to be able to because you have to worry about Thielen, you have to worry about Osborne, you have to worry about Dalvin Cook or Smith. They have weapons, so you have to look out for that. But Justin Jefferson is him. We tall, we tried to tell you that he will be the wide receiver one this year. And here he is proving that week one, 180 yards and two touchdowns at halftime, man. At halftime, he is Randy Moss playing again on the Vikings. And it's crazy to watch him just dominate these games because we have watched every year he has played, he has increased his game. And every year people said, okay, but how will he get better? And he got better, people. He got better at football. I know it's crazy to say that a third year receiver will get better at football, but he did. And he's a guy that you can use the word slippery on because he doesn't look fast. He doesn't look that agile. He doesn't look that dominant physically, but he is so slippery like Cup that he gets open on every route and he has a good enough speed to get open. And this is a guy that every week you should expect 20 plus from. And I'm saying this with legit confidence. I know he'll have like one or two stinkers this year, but we said that he will be the 101 this year for skill positions. And I am loving that pick. My hot take is going to be a crazy one. Justin Jefferson and AJ Brown combined for 300 yards total together combined and a few touchdowns each. I know I'm not done with the teams yet. I just want to throw that out there on the Vikings. You start cook, you start AJ or sorry, you start um, Justin Jefferson. Sorry. Um, You can start Kirk cousins too. I think they'll have to throw the ball more this game than last week. And he had 25 fantasy points last week. So you start him. Um, as far as Thielen goes, I don't think you can start him on any, anymore on a week to week basis. I just, I don't know, man. I, I just don't see him being that relevant anymore. Um, but I think there'll be a more spread offense, but you start cook, you start Jefferson, you start Kirk cousins on the Eagle side. You don't know which running back they'll go to because they'll, they'll go to Gainwell, They'll go to Sanders. Uh, they have all these guys that can go in on the red zone, but as far as receiving goes, you start. AJ Brown and you start Jalen Hurts and you start Dallas Goddard. Those are the three you do. As far as Devontae goes, I can't start him until I see a better week from him. But that is it. My hot take, like I said already, AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson will get 300 yards combined. And boys, that is it. Oof, that is a lot for me to go through by myself. Like I said, I hope Mason can come back to us next week. But I hope you guys enjoyed another episode. I believe this is episode 17 of 50-50 Fantasy. Um, hope you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy football primarily. Uh, at the end of the day, football matters the most, not fantasy. But fantasy football is always fun to do too. So enjoy your night tonight. Enjoy the Chiefs Chargers. We have great primetime games besides the Packers uh, Bears this week. Uh, Bills, Titans, Vikings, Eagles. It's going to be a great week. Another fantastic week of football. I cannot wait. But that being said, thank you for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend. Have fun. Watch some football. Kick back. Relax. And I hope you guys go 2-0 or 
get that win calm going and listen to the boys at 50-50 Fantasy here. Or should I just say boy because Mason won't come on anymore. But that being said, have a great weekend. Thank you so much for listening and peace out. Bye.